Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. This is episode 39. My name's Lee Maxwell and as usual I'm joined by... Connor McCann. And... Not Nigel Lamont. I was really hoping you were going to say Nigel Lamont and go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could. I am Nigel Lamont. There, there we you go. go. Nigel the fucker is at Players this weekend. So Connor and I were going to be let loose on our own, but we thought, <laughs> hey, let's get the famous Stefan in to join us. Many of you will have heard Stefan's name mentioned on the podcast before and might have wondered who he is. This is him. I did say at the end of the last episode we might get some sort of lunatic or something on with us and I have not disappointed anyone. I feel like that was aimed at me. Possibly. Directly. It wasn't at the time, but the more I thought about it, it was like he's the obvious choice. Mm, really? <laughs> that and someone, I did say that I was going to have to stop mentioning you in the podcast because people were starting to know you then. And then mm. I thought, let's double down on it, get him on. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody knows me, they know that I don't like to be known. You don't. <laughs> this is a big, anti-social big step for you. <laughs> so we'll have our usual selection of news, YouTubes, some questions later on. And I have a, a small history topic that I'm going to go through with you. So oh. hopefully that'll be enjoyable. Excellent. But we'll kick off as usual with what's new with us. So Connor, what's new with you? Well... I have to start by saying I'm actually really upset that I don't have some sort of fetish for male feet because after my question last time about um, do you like to drive with no shoes on, I have got a lot of pictures of guys' feet. It seems we don't have a lot of female listeners and even of those female listeners that not sent me any feet photos. Not that it would do much for me, but you know, <laughs> why not? If in doubt. Yeah, it turns out there's a lot of people are like myself and like driving with their shoes off. I know you two guys. Stinking bastards. That yep. is Not disgusting. Fans. Why? So we had uh, Simon S14 OCP. He was driving the lorry with his shoes uh, off. Uh, uh, no. As a, fellow, as a fellow lorry driver, Stefan. That is horrific. Well, um, he says the only reason he put carpet in the lorry was to do that. So I like his dedication to it. Does he not have a lovely plaid leather? He probably mat, does. Like all the tangs. I think he's a bit like yourself. He's not into the... The lorry lifestyle in that regard. Mm, yeah. Um, Quad Mick, Clark both sent me car photos and Brown sent me a photo of him out. I think he was doing silence in the tractor with the shoes off. I was like, fine, man. <laughs> Brown is a stinking bad. Brown, Brown would take his shoes off while you're driving down the road. Yes. And like put them on the dashboard, like I his like feet it. on the dashboard. And you're like, oh. He's a man after my own heart. So terrible. I think now, Roland saying, do you like to drive with your shoes out? I'm going to have to ask, do you like driving with your boobs out and see who sends me photos then? Do you think that would work? You're just going to get a lot of man tits, like, aren't Probably, you? Probably, yeah. yeah. That's going to backfire. <laughs> um, regards actually doing stuff to cars, still at the Jetta. We this have is, Jetta news. We have Jetta news. We have Jetta fields. We have lots of tears. I have a bit of PTSD. Nearly had to take Connor away from beating the man to death. Yes, yeah. There's an MOT guy that was nearly <coughs> beat to death, as Stefan says. So, uh, we got, uh, got the car to MOT on the Saturday, Lee. You took it over? Yes. And I had set the camber and the two bottom strut bolts and tightened them up with a spanner, but actually hadn't finished them up tight, tight. And when he got over there, one side was still loose, so it was moving about on the ramp. So fair enough, it was either that or a wheel burn, he said. You took it back and we tightened them up, turned out it was a wheel burn. You drove to Belfast, Stefan and I stripped the car and it was done in a few hours, everything was good. We got a retest sorted for the Monday in Newry and... Went to work as normal, left the staff and afterwards thought, oh, we'll go for a lovely wee spin down here, get MOT sorted. How how difficult can it be? <laughs> so um, brought it down. You know yourselves, the retest, like it's going to be one of those things. It's like it's in now two minutes to check what's on the sheet and where they go. 
about 20 minutes later, the car's still inside. And I'm looking at Stefan going, why is that still in there? And I knew it wasn't going to be good when he came back out. And he came out and he says, oh, yes, you've sorted everything that was on the list. And I was like, oh, good man, thank God. Oh, but the other side's loose now, too. And I was just like, oh, my God. And <laughs> he was like, we're not feeling you, but you have to fix it and take it back. And I was like, look, you're obviously, it can't be that bad if you're going to, like, let me drive home on it simply because, you know, they're loose, but they're not, it's not hanging out of it. You know, if it was dangerous, you wouldn't let me drive home. It's a 60 mile round trip. Can I just give me the certificate? No one's going to knowingly drive about with loose suspension bolts. No, no, no. Oh, and there's a split a split pin missing on the track rod end on that side too. Oh, like he couldn't miss it. And I was like, well, clearly the guy who tested it on Saturday missed it because he didn't flag any of this. Uh, and to cut a long story short, it was a mixture of me getting very angry and then trying to calm down because <laughs> I didn't want the car impounded. And then out of pure spite, Stefan and I drove to Halfords, bought 65 quid's worth of tools, including a jack and everything, because it was nothing in the Jetta, and then fixed it in the car park. Stefan, you had most of the car stripped by the time I had the tools paid for, because you were just grabbing them and running out the door. Yeah, the, the poor guy, like, scanned the stuff. As he was scanning it through and setting it down, I was lifting it. And before you'd even considered paying, I was sort of, like, out to the door yeah. and had the box ripped open in the car in the jack, so... Yeah. He, he looked kind of confused. He, he was really like, did. where's this guy going? Yeah. And is this guy that's remaining here going to pay? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we had a turnaround, what, of about 15 minutes, 15 20 minutes. minutes yeah. And we were back yeah. in the MOT center. Yeah. And anyone who knows near the MOT center, there's like a long winding hill up to it. And of course, there was a cattle. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan's laughing. There was a cattle lorry in front of us. And there was like shite flying out of the back of it like pure runny water just brown gunge it's like slurry it was literally yeah. like slurry just running out the back of the thing and I was raging because I was like this car's getting stinking it's going to be destroyed and then I had the absolute brainwave that well if this guy who failed me is going to be looking under the car specifically <laughs> at the right hand front wheel let's drive the right hand front wheel into it <laughs> so he had a nice end of his day the fucker yeah. but yeah it's done uh, thankfully we took a trip down then to see John LaGrange after that on the way home. Mm-hmm. It was good catching up with him. I think um, poor John, I think he was looking on the way home for his dinner at about... I think it was literally a call down, collect a brake servo, get in the car and leave again. And I think we were there for about an hour and a half and John was standing. We wisp of a boy just wasting away. And he's too too polite to say anything. He is, he's very polite. So do you know that meme? Like the, the dog, it's like a wee chihuahua, he looks really stressed out, and it's like the helicopters in the background, like the PTSD meme. Yeah. That's me now when I anybody mentions MOT. I think Nuri in general is just a... Yeah. It, that, that guy specifically, my grandfather, is retired and will take cars for MOT for like a couple of local car dealers. Uh-huh. Just because it's something for him to do, really. And I asked my granddad about him, and he goes, oh, yeah, that guy's pretty notorious down there. Um, apparently took a car, prepped it himself, took it in and failed it. Yeah. So one, one that he prepped that, himself. That, that's, that's how big an asshole this guy is. Like he, he failed himself. Yeah, I think I think the other MOT testers are just like, would you ever bring a car in yourself and fail it? I know. Yeah, <laughs> that you've done yourself. That has to be a first time. Yeah. Well, well, you can give him a hundred quid to do a wee backhand or MOT, and he still fails you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I don't think you understand this concept here. <laughs> um. Yeah. So between that, then now and then, we got the arches trimmed up. We got the back wheels on; they're fitting good. I trimmed the arches yesterday in the fronts and haven't got test driving it, but I think it's going to be well if they're rubbing. That's as good as it's getting. Put it like that because there's not much more left to remove. Got tires on all four wheels. Yes. 
Um, and they are looking snazzy. Went to Simon's Lurgan Tire Centre the first time round, and he quite literally put the red carpet out for me. He says to me, do you want the red carpet out? And I was like, of course, I'm your favourite podcaster. And I turned around, <laughs> podcaster. Got, got the wheels, so I have to live big. <laughs> and uh, walked back in, and of course there was this like four foot by four foot red carpet. I was like, <laughs> you're actually serious? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what else got new adapters for it? I'm, I'm going to attempt to buff a car. So I've been inspired by Robin, our previous guest from last episode, and he gave me a few tips on what to buy. And uh, I'm gonna, I will. What I said him was, it's either gonna be Euro Treffen prep or respare prep, and we're gonna see which one it is. Mm. I really hope it's Euro Treffen prep. Yes, me too. Yeah, I'd say you do because I don't really want to paint a car in the next two weeks. <laughs> That'll be fun. Lee, we were up on Wednesday night with Patty at Euro Treffen site. We were. That was fun. It's class. It's a really nice site. Yeah, I can't wait. And you know what the worst of it is? If you describe the site to someone of what it actually is, it would sound terrible. But when yeah. you're there, it's just really, really nice. And it's like... It's all enclosed by trees and... It's totally secluded. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you can walk down through and right, right under the water and looking out into the sea. It's really, If we really get nice. the weather, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, well, I think it's Even if we don't, it. it'll still be good. Bring an umbrella, man up. You got your umbrellas in your doors, your Skoda anyway, you're fine. And are we bringing the Skoda? Are we bringing the Jetta? Oh, ah, well, we'll bring the umbrellas though. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> Think about it. Um, you can drive the Skoda up if you want. I might have to. It could be our down. wet weather cover. Right, just everybody bail into the boot of her. Ah. No, it's pretty cool. It kind of, this is replacing, or a replacement for the Castle Welland show, and it has that kind of vibe about it that it's just going to be a laid back day. And, uh, well, maybe for us. Being the first time holding the show there might not be as laid back, no, but can't see it. customers will love it. It's just looking at notes here. So, well, Stephen, you had said on the way down to the MOT Centre, by driving the Mark 1, you were like kind of looking around going, there's not a lot of whole lot of crash structure to this thing, is there? <laughs> no. <laughs> we got we got side impacted. You may just be the one person by the end of it. Yeah. Like, People think no, you are already. As I've said before about the Nova, the crumple zone is your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, have a bit of a follow-up then as well. So... Someone had asked a question in one of the previous episodes too about um, was the worst injury you got working in cars? So Ian Dunner from DB Dailies, he had messaged in and he says, lads and Lee, and even though Nigel's not here, it still applies. Mm-hmm. Um, on your topic of injuries during car related banter, I think this is up here. I was out cleaning up the accessory bracket on the R32 engine before a lick of paint and was changing over the wire brush on the drill as any sane person would do. I give her a rev. Once the new brush was on, and boom, blind as a fucking bat. Right eye, full inch and a bit of length of wire brush into the white of my eye. <laughs> yep. Uh, emergency eye section in the doctor or the hospital. Doctor thinks it's a speck of dirt, pulls it out with tweezers. Little just did keep, he or I know it was the full length of the wire in oh, your that eye. Sounds horrific. Uh, rushed to surgery as the eye was leaking fluid. This just gets worse. <laughs> Um, no time to be knocked out so it was in with the needles to try and numb it an awful lot of needles stitches drops and a week later I'm finally able to see the ex- some extent in the right eye as Nigel said get the oil warning off the nurses for a spark or a bit of rust in the eye but from personal experience get some fucking safety glasses on and when you're out in the garage safety squints yes the sa- <laughs> you're wild for the safety squints <laughs> I have glasses so these are my safety glasses they're not exactly wrap around though I'd be alright. You'd worry. be fine, will you? Fine, I. Sure, I've cut balls down, never know. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a bit of a public service announcement there for people. That's wear your glasses. Mm. Funny, I don't know if it's an old age thing or work drumming into me, but 
safety glasses and me now are one and the same where it yeah. used to be I never wore them like because I have glasses I can't put safety glasses over my glasses cause and you're not going to pay for your own safety glasses prescription wise like uh, I didn't know you could really get them you can't we can get them through work but oh, well, no well, I can't really. you can go and do this test and you can take mine <laughs> if anybody's listening from work I didn't say that we used to have to wear um, we had to wear glasses at all times when I was in Interworld but they were like the UV protection ones because there's people welding all over the place right, and you yeah. could get a flash just like walking past so it was good but it was like you had to keep you had to do the wee dance of put the mask on take the glasses off on off on off well there's even um dan chambers you've heard of us talking about Stephen probably yeah, yeah, yeah. doing restoring the mark one dan's a listener as well he's a great youtube channel but he was, actually watched his videos last night actually yeah, yeah it's fantastic series but he um did you see his eye new so he was welding and this is like, I've done this a million times. He was welding and something happened and the wire jammed. So yeah. pulled away, flipped the mask up, went to trim the end of the MIG wire off with like side cutters the way mm-hmm. you normally would. And as he did it, it flew straight into his eye. Mm-hmm. So it's not only did it scratch the lens of the eye, it burnt it as well because it was still hot. Uh, yeah. So he's out, like he's kind of out for a bit now. He's been doing a few videos as and yeah. what he can, but like his eye looked bad. So Jeez. it's uh, wishing Dan a speedy recovery yeah. there, like, but it just looks so painful. But I mean, you, if you're going to work at cars, like you're going to have some sort of a true ridiculous. Like I've maimed myself several times, like yes, both driving and working on cars. Oh yeah, I mean, <coughs> health and safety, Calvin Klein's are still there. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. exactly the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, the only man I know that can bury a grinder into your groin and stop the blade with a pair of boxers. Yeah, that was an impressive feat. <laughs> You weren't happy that night. I wasn't. I wasn't. Luckily, it was a shit grinder. Just stop dead. <laughs> Be a eunuch by now. <laughs> yes, very much so. Oh, dear. That you for news for yourself, Lee? Have you any extra to add? No, that's pretty much it. Just Jetta stuff. Love and life. Love and life. Stephanie, you haven't really been up to much other than giving us a hand lately, have you? Not really, no. Not um, in housework? Yeah. Renovating the house, so. You have a Clio track car that's... Haven't even put a spanner on it in two months. Uh, oh, more than that. Aye, more than that. Probably since Christmas. Um, ordered some parts. I actually watched the Jetta last night. Oh, your Mark II Jetta? Yeah, Very I watched nice. it. Took it out. It was to start it up because see if it started. And then I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll take it for a wee wash. Go for that. Aye. And then fit it about a wee bit. So, that's nice. really the, the, the extent of car work for yourself anyway. Yeah, sort of ordered parts. I think that's the biggest thing. I buy parts and just have them all sitting. Then whenever I get a chance, I can head it all in one go. Try and do something anyway, but it's getting time at the moment. Like very nice. Yeah. Move on then to the the news news. The news news. The news. We should do a jingle for that. We really should. Um, I'll go first then. My first one is kind of a follow up to what we talked about before. So we said that on the last episode that uh, stunt one, which was the super stunt car from the first Fast and the Furious film was the orange target top was going across the auction block and it didn't disappoint with what it was going to be selling for so we all remember this iconic line from the first film nice car what's the retail on one of those more than you can afford pal Ferrari (laughs) (laughs) so this is the actual car from that scene 
and not only did it smoke them in the film it smoked all those ferraris on the auction block too because those 355s now are probably worth about 60 to 60 to 80 grand from what i can see um that supra sold for five hundred thousand dollars and plus the fees another 50 grand in fees too holy fuck yeah mm-hmm. so i don't know it I tell you what, I watched the auction of it and it looks immaculate. Like it looks so well done. It looked so cool. I was going to say it looks a million dollars. across the yeah. stage. Like, it was, you know, all, you know, what do you call your man, the director, J.J. Abrams? He's a fan of an old lens flare. Oh, yes. It's yeah. like, ting, 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 ting. That's like what a, it was like. Shining like a diamond. <laughs> no, it, it looks brand new. And like, for a stunt car, too, you know, you think it wouldn't be as good a shape kind of thing, but it really was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where, like, where does the bubble burst with this shit? Like, you know, that's a lot of money and it'll never get driven. It'll go sit in an auction or a collection somewhere. And No, but I mean, that's that's the point of uh, something like that. You're yeah. not going to drive it. I drive it. You would, you know, you would, you're a lunatic. <laughs> it's like the this week there was a McLaren F1 uh-huh. sold. Uh, I think it was in California at an auction. 15 million. 15. Had, had 250 miles on it. And so that clearly wasn't driven then. Exactly. Bought, stuck in a garage. Original tires and a lot, apparently. The, the original... Do you think they'd still be good for like 180 mile an hour? 100%. But give it a go. Good dry rot on them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they would just be like a puff of dust and you'd be dead. <laughs> I think all those sort of things, that like they jack the cars up and take the wheels off and put them in like a dry... Like a... Like away from anything, just uh-huh. sort of like dry store them. I know the Daffy keep them off the ground to stop them like getting flat spots and uh-huh. that kind of thing. Do I'm the, forever doing that myself. Do the old farmer oh. move, put a bit of wood polish on them to fill in the cracks. Yeah, I've seen that. I <laughs> definitely haven't done that before. Oh, no, have you not? No, no definitely mm. not on motorbikes. <laughs> you because know, two tires is all you need. Not at all. Yeah, like, it's it's mental. Um, Obviously, people buying those are into collecting things and all, too. Yeah. I've never really been a big one for collecting stuff. I like using stuff. And Well, I mean... Well, I have quite a collection of stuff that has not been driven in a long time. But well, that's different. That's definitely different. <laughs> that's not on purpose. Guilty, guilty yeah, also. I think the three of us are guilty of that. Yeah. But, but no, we're not. We're not banned to not use it. We're exactly, just not getting yeah. using it. Yeah. Um, it's always with the intention of driving. I mean, the Jetta was supposed to be buy it because it was already done. The guy that had it before me had done all the work. Yeah. All I was supposed to do was stick a set of wheels on it and drive it. Yeah. And look what happened. And then COVID happened, and then... Then Connor happened. Connor happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but here, it'll be worth it. Yes, it'll I can't wait. Least Even me. just driving it over to the MOT centre last weekend, I was like, oh, check me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets a lot of looks. Every I stopped for petrol. Two people at the petrol station were like, oh, what's this? What year shit? Oh, she's lovely. And then I got over to the MOT centre, and... The MOT man when he popped the bonnet, or when I popped the bonnet, and he looked in underneath, and you could just see his hands on the top of the bonnet, and he was like, mm, "They don't make them like that." And I was like, "No, they don't." But no. then he got into it, and he you could hear me was like revving it. It was like, brum, 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 brum. and I could hear him the whole way going through the building. I could all I could hear was like, brum, brum, brum. and I was like, "Oh, maybe he likes it then. This is yeah. good." <laughs> that was a bit like us and Yuri as well. Anybody that was waiting was asking about it too. What year's that? Stefan was getting tortured. I wasn't. I was sitting mm. in the car and he went over to stand with him. And was like, "What year's that?" And all. I was like, "Well, I got out of the passenger seat, mate." I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> I did know, but didn't did, want to speak. Didn't want to talk. <laughs> um, on back to that auction as well, though. The the uh, there's I'll I'll put a link in the notes as well for the video to it because you can see it going across the auction block. As I said this morning, the Lee. How do those auction guys talk as fast as that? No, but why? Why do they do like, it? Like, why do they talk like that? I like, don't know. it's just silly. Yeah. Or where did that originate from? 
30,000 It's like an elk twin cam with a soft cylinder or something It is, yeah So it is, it's No, they're wild But like they do that It wouldn't matter whether you're buying a car at 500,000 Or you're buying a couple of old heifers out at Bellamy Auction It's still the same It's the same they go, like It's like, you know, you have to put that down on the credentials When you're handing your CV for it you could be an absolute <laughs> retard, and next thing is, blah, 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 as long as you can talk like that. Can you talk? I do, can't even remember. Do you it. know how numbers work? Keep her lit. <laughs> <laughs> they keep going up. <laughs> um, yes, that's me for the first one. Have you got Lee? I also have a follow-up to a story that I did on the last episode, which was about spa racetrack being flooded. Yes. And I had mentioned as part of that article that the 24 Hours of Nürburgring was on that weekend, uh-huh. and they were worried that maybe... The inclement weather might affect that as well. Well, turns out, yeah, it did. So the 2021 Nürburgring 24-hour only had nine and a half hours of racing total. Jeez. The nine and a half hours of, hours of Nürburgring? I know. That wasn't the same ring to it, does it? <laughs> doesn't. Um, it was mostly fog, um, but it was obviously the bad weather in the area. So a Porsche team, I can't even remember the name of the team, but they won it. So yay go them. But another interesting kind of follow on to that is there was another team called Alice Garage Racing, which took on the event in a Dacia Logan. That, that, that's a random entry. A and Dacia Logan. It's not like a family car, isn't it? It's like the people carrier thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not only did they take on the race, they didn't come last. What? <laughs> so, as I said, there was only nine and a half hours total. 121 cars started. 22 didn't finish so 90, so there's 99 cars the Dacia came 98 what what, what did the base say what you want about the Dacia's great set of wipers on her <laughs> <laughs> yellow fog lights on her that's it that's it the, other, the, the car that it made was a Durband or something it doesn't <laughs> actually me. say what the, the 99th place finishing car was but I thought that was quite funny imagine the owner of the team for the guy that, the team that came last his reaction I know. Execute them all. <laughs> Hope they're not Russian. <laughs> this is the Traban team. Into the gulag for you. Stephanie Yelling for us? The only, well, the EPA in, in America sort of caused a bit of a stir, have done for quite a while. Um, yeah, we've talked about this on and off kind of thing and the yeah. RPM Act. and They've started now dishing out fines and they've started dishing them out to all these like YouTubers and stuff. They're basically targeting anybody that's like emissions deletes and tuning, yeah. tuning anything beyond factory. Yeah. Um, the Anything like, even like piggyback ECUs and stuff like that, exhaust systems, intakes, anything that gets rid of anything that's... Yeah, you know, like a decat pipe or anything like that. Exactly. And... The handed of a fine out to is a PFI speed. I think That's right, on, yeah. on YouTube. Um, Brent Levistad. Yeah, they're good friends with Lady McFarlane. That's sort of how it popped up on mine. They hit him with an eighteen grand fine. Now I watched the video, and whenever he was going through, he was real emotional about it. And just he says, you know, you know we take this away from us. What else we're going to do? Go and do drugs. Aye, I mean, this is my business. Just, yeah, exactly. And he said that you know we cooperated with him fully, thinking we were doing the right thing. And he said they still hit us with. It was a hundred. It was like originally like hundred and eighty grand, but they said yeah. we'll do you a favor and give it, give you twenty eighteen. He said that we have to give them the information of everybody we sold. It was like thirty seven piggyback ECUs. We have to give them information of everybody we've sold that to. Uh-huh. So I've also heard stories of cops turning up 
to seize cars and things like that. Well, either the car if it's fitted, or that piggyback ECU. That's insane. You know, to your house, like people like answering the front door and two cops standing there going, "Where's this? You where's know, the Honda? Yeah, where's this Apache ECU you've bought?" Well, you think people tune in? People tune in Type R's here for the last ten years plus. Yeah. The first thing you do is a Honda ECU yeah. and a map on it, and you're getting like that combined with a few other like breathing mods. You're seeing about two forty horsepower of exactly, Type R, yeah. and it's like it's common. Yeah, but it's, this guy sold thirty seven of them and nearly lost his business by the look of it. Well, they hit him with eighteen grand fine, and it was a case of thirty days. Yeah, you get eighteen grand thirty days. I don't know whether they'll offer you a payment. Solution to say, uh-huh. give us half now, half in six months or something. I don't really know, but... Well, that, the original 80, or 180 grand was just under five grand per unit sold. Yeah, it was like four, eight or something per... And then when you pay the fee, so you pay the fine for it, yeah. you're also then doing so, you're agreeing that you won't sell them again. And like yeah. It, Brent has no, no intention of not selling them again because they're still on the website. Exactly, yeah. You know, so he doesn't, he obviously doesn't want to do that enter into some sort of weird legal contract that you're not going to do it again and get hit harder the second time, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully it all gets sorted out whenever this, if the RPM act gets sorted out. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's not just him. There's another guy runs about in that sort of area, JH Diesel, and mm-hmm. he got hit with 22 grand of a fine. And again, it's, you know, it's just another small shop there that's going to get hit. And that's, like, but two shops that are maybe 10 miles apart. Yeah. Think of the size of America and the amount of them is going to get absolutely destroyed. And it's usually the big big guys they go for, but those are small shops. Like, Yeah. It's it's sad to see. Yeah. And, and it all filters down. Like, cause, oh, what's happening there ends up happening here yeah. too. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the sad thing about it, really. Like, No, that's a lot of people I've seen even on Facebook and things. Got people's like, oh, it's been blown out of proportion. And it's it's load of bollocks and it'll never happen here. But this has been going on from 2015, I think. SEMA have been fighting it. Yeah. And then yeah. it always ends up trickling down. In fact, usually it goes the other way. With the exception of California, usually we're a lot stricter in emissions and tuning laws. Yeah. And then it moves across the states. But this was a big shock to me to see it. I'm um, Australia's big that way too mm-hmm. and I'm amazed that they haven't sort of been hit with something similar or something like it you know if anything they've actually relaxed their laws that's pretty good in the last couple of years but I mean I'm, I'm amazed that, that they haven't brought in something ridiculous like this as well so they have some weird laws there too about like lowering cars and all I think there's only yeah. there's like minimum ground clearance and things you have to have yeah we don't get too bad here to be honest like when you sort of think about it I remember like even their import laws and all are pretty ludicrous too like if you buy a car from Japan and bring it in you have to take the engine out of it and pull the clutch out pull the brake pads out for asbestos and things like that yeah Yeah. Yeah. we don't have that we're fine bring all all your Japanese asbestos to us we just bury it in the backfield sorry (laughs) (laughs) my next one then kind of ties into a bit like this is our friends in the south so we have the MOT in the north and the rest of the UK and they have NCT which is uh, the national car test and there's a few changes to it this year. The main one being now that they're going to plug the cars in and search for fault codes when you bring them in. What? Yep. Mm. So this is a thing. Uh-oh. Speaking to our friend Germany, Germany and New York, this is what they do in New York as well. So you bring a car for inspection, they plug it in and look for fault codes. So if you've played with it or taken anything off, now they're saying that anything in this year is going to be an advisory. But as of next year, if, the, if anything flags up, it's a fail. But I would say that's an introduction to if this works with a lot of the people removing like cats and DPFs and things like that. Mm-hmm. If you do it properly, you're basically writing out the entire code and there's nothing there. But if they can plug it in and see 
say try and run like the parameters on to see what the pre- there's a pressure sensor in them see what it's doing if it's not reading anything at all or if it's not there they're going to know there's a decal or the dpf's removed yeah which means your visual inspection no longer just counts but does that cover you know so like a, a lot of more modern cars you can plug it in and it'll give you fault codes and like air conditioning systems and stuff does that still apply or? i don't think so with the be safety systems yeah like that's what i was gonna ask it, will it be something that's not emissions or breaking a critical related? safety feature probably yeah. not no um there's something else about it i was gonna say there Oh yeah, it also brings up they verify the VIN number on the or the VIN on the car too. Um, <laughs> so I wonder what way that brings in if you do an engine swap. So if you ah. so if you had say I don't know say you took a a Mark Six GTI and stuck a three point six into it, it's going to have a different VIN number or VIN on the on the ECU reading. So I don't know what way that would work. Oh, you mean the actual ECU? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's linked into the clocks. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the caddies and stuff like part of the. The ECM and the it all runs through that. It all key. runs through that. So maybe because the ECU maybe it's just there just to run the engine. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's all different electronic control modules now. It might be I just run the ECM on for own. the engine. Yeah. What you're saying here is my Southern registered Mark II Jetta GTD has just went up extortionately in price. It has indeed. Yeah. Fantastic. So I think it's Love for it. cars Love that are oh eight onwards, but which isn't they're not that's not that fresh. You know, yeah. that kind of age they are starting to give bother. So I say a lot of people hit with that, mm. and as always with changes to things like that, no good can come of it. <laughs> I'm suspicious of everything. <laughs> My next story is um, there's a new show coming to Motor Trend TV, which I don't think we get here. We can probably get it online or something. I think. Do you not have it, Stefan? I think Andy Maxwell does too. I did. Um, I did, and they sort of cancelled it because of a lot of like restricted content. But uh, you know, because we aren't in America, but. Yeah. No, it was VPN. actually, it's, it's Motor Trend On Demand. It's very good. If you like that roadkill. Well, this Malice sounds good. Uh, it's a new show called Motor Mythbusters. Right, okay. So, if you ever watched the original Mythbusters series, there was, it's not, you know, the two main hosts, Adam and... Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. It's not them, but another guy that used to be on it, Tori. Yeah, remember I, him? Tori Belletti, I think, is it? Yeah, so he's going to be on it along with Faye Hadley. Uh-huh. And... A drag racing guy whose name I'm not even going to attempt. To be fair, when yeah, you mentioned this initially, I knew Faye Hadley's name, but I don't recognise, nor can I pronounce this one. That's Busy... from Busy Moto? Oh. B-I-S-I? Ah, yeah. yeah. yes, that's yeah. who it is then. I, well, do, I do know who it is then. That guy. So they're going to do um, some of the things in the trailer, or some of the things that they're going to test the myth behind. Uh-huh. Is uh, would the Flintstones car work in real life? Someone's going to get run over. Um, Drive a few of them before. <laughs> some stuff from Fast and the Furious uh, films, and the Ferris Bueller where he tries to change the odometer on the Ferrari. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks good. I would say it will be good. Mm-hmm. I I was obsessed with the original Mythbusters series. Like I loved it. Did you watch it? Yeah, it was brilliant. No, it wasn't. What? Didn't really watch. It. I watched like a couple of things. What? Not like science. Science, bitch. Science, no, bitch. I, uh, no, I didn't really watch it. It was, it was all right. Like, Something wrong with you. Get out. <sighs> Fine. See you like Robin. All the best. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, no, I watched the one with the compressed, like the train tank. Yes. Whatever way they sucked the air out of it. It was like... It just collapses. Straight itself, away. Like, yeah. oh. Did you ever do see like... them doing the moose test? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I like it. No, that, that should be a good series. Back to car auctions then for my next one. And did any of you guys see the Phoenix Yellow EK9 Type R that was up for sale? 
No. This was all over Facebook, so I'm not surprised you didn't see it, Stefan. But did you see it, Lee? I don't think so. I think I heard you talking about it. Um, so Japanese auctions, this absolute superstar of a vehicle come up. So Phoenix Yellow EK9 Type R with 4,000 kilometers. Perfect spec, like in that. Yeah. yeah. And this is obviously, we did, I think was it the, oh, the VTI was probably the closest we got to these. Yeah. And then a few were imported over the years, but they never really had the much of a following here as such, but that mm. would be such a spec. In the right... Circles, right circles, circles yeah. yeah. There's a couple. There's a guy in Lisbon runs about with a ball. Aye, they're yeah. they're nice. Like Glass. I, I really enjoy them. So the starting bid went up at seven million yen, which was forty six thousand pounds, and it went for eleven million yen, which is seventy two thousand pounds for a Civic. Mental. Yeah, and again, you go back to where does this stop? I think the the, the bubble has to burst somewhere. Now I've been saying that for years now, but it's. It it's not to. bust yet. It's not. Yeah. And the more it grows, the more bargains I see in the future. And this all <laughs> shit hits the fan. Connor's rubbing his hands here. Keep Lee probably has a few quid squirreled away for things I guess coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but the the most impressive thing about this is the car is still in Japan. So it hasn't left Japan yet. So that yeah. bid is also plus shipping, plus your import fees. And is the import fees based on the sell, the selling price, or is it based on the actual Depending value? Depending on what country it is, the it will quote be. quote value of the car. Uh, well, if it's sold for that, they'll take that as the value of the car. What do you pay Gulp. for it? Depending on what you, where it goes. Gulp. Yeah. And again, that's something that probably has sat in a garage somewhere and will continue to sit in a garage somewhere. Yeah. Which is kind of sad to see, but it's a, it's a perfect example of one. And the only thing is I did notice... It's a facelift EK9, so that would be kind of 98, 99, I imagine. That's too young for America, unless it's going to sit somewhere (coughs) until it's ready to come into the States. Yeah, they do that that a lot, I think. They just bring it in, sit in the shed until it's ready to go. Yeah, it could be that, because if that's 98, the 25-year rule, you know, you're a good five years off that anyway at the minute, isn't it? Maz. 2023, 2024. Two years, three years, yeah. one of them years. I don't one know. of them years. You wouldn't yeah. think I did a hell of a miles, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel it. <laughs> Stephen, you've been on one there, have you? I do indeed. Um, tragic news of Sabine Smith passing away earlier on uh, this year. Yes, March passed. They've decided to name a corner after at the Nurburgring, which is, you know. Rightfully so. Absolutely immortalised the lady for forever. That's um, it. Suspend her life there, so. Exactly, yeah. You it's know, only right. What was it, like 100,000 laps or something? Uh, something crazy. Yeah, it was something mental. And I, I think, think it was like 33,000 laps she'd done in that place. Yeah. Like, between Top Gear stuff, growing up racing, and doing the ring taxi as well. Yeah, and they own land. And I think... I think her family has a hotel there along the side of do. it too. Yeah, we went to it whenever we were over a couple of years ago. Me and Brian and Totten mm-hmm. went, and uh, it was great. Yeah, it's... I think it's the, the corner is the first corner. It's like the it's like a long sweeping left. It's the first one in the north life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's I think they're just going to call it Sabine Schmidt Curve. Yeah. So what the name of the corner is going to be, but it's like the first long. So it's a fast, it's a real fast corner. That would like, be a bit right. Yeah. And you're standing on the brakes to get on there right. So yeah. It's, it's somewhere Lee and I haven't got to yet, and I I'd love to get at some point just experience it. You did it twice. Fee, twice have you done it? Yeah. Yeah. Flew over and. Does Robert listen to this? He does, yeah. He does, yeah. Uh, flew over instead with good friend Robert. Uh, Graham lives in Germany, and then we we travel up. We did the done the Nurburgring Classic a couple of times, so mm-hmm. it's a good show. Um, when you say classic, what sort of stuff are you talking? Is it right back or is it modern like, classics too, or a mix? Yeah, sort of going to like a paddock where there's like the pre-war stuff. Uh huh. You know, old Bentleys that you start by hand crank, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and then you can go under the. 
go under the the track the the new track because uh-huh. it's all based on the new track. They don't have anything in the Norse life. So you go under the new track into the, what would be the pits area, and then it's all everything from late eighties, early nineties DTM cars. Oh, you know, certain great stuff. Um, Mom would love it there. <laughs> to like NSUs. Uh, to like I think the first time we went they were having like a I think it was like 50 years of Mercedes and DTM or something that so, was right up your street oh I was like the, they had one of the cars sitting and you could go and change a wheel on it was, did you do it oh absolutely <laughs> center locks or oh yeah awesome. the impact gun about the size of my head and you're trying to hang on till it's cracking away that's a big impact gun I'll tell you and uh and yeah and then the, the throughout like there's racing all day so like the those late 80s early 90s DTM cars go out and cut the shite clean out of them the, like there was an Alpha uh, Super Touring uh, it was a 155 One, uh-huh. there oh my god the, it's, it's awesome like it's a wonderful thing to hear on full chat like I seen some of the classic stuff at Knock Hill when we were over for the touring cars a few years back like and yeah nothing sounds like them yeah they're oh they're so, it's unreal you know and it's like this you don't see that no. You won't see that anywhere else. That's it. You know, so. Aye, it's only special occasions they're coming out for. Yeah. My next piece of news is about the new Volkswagen Multivan. Have you seen it? I have not. It's uh, the replacement for the Caravelle. So it's like a people carrier, kind of looks a bit like a minibus. Uh huh. I hesitate to say because you know me and kind of modern, it's a plug in hybrid. Um, but it looks kind of cool if you're into that kind of van life van life if you have seven children or whatever you know is it based on a transporter i'll show you a picture of it okay oh lovely not a fan no it's no, very um, cal look isn't it with a two-tone paint yeah i thought i thought it was kind of funky i don't know how i feel about that mm. I, need, I, I need more photos of it yeah i think the latest iteration of the transporter is the last iteration of that sort of t5 t6 chassis uh-huh um so this obviously must be the new new it's coming in a couple of years time so they're also going to add a four-cylinder diesel in 2022 well stefan is sold now lovely mm. can't be a good diesel is it is the diesel a plug-in hybrid too i don't know odd better not be <laughs> Ru- ruining your good diesels you want to go bosch pump on yours do you? absolutely but it's one of these kind of super smart people carrier things where you can have all sorts of different configurations of the seats and mm-hmm. You Captain's know. chairs all around and yeah. all that jump. Yes, I'm sure it's like it's a bit like Reynolds done with the Scenics and things like that. There, like, would you own one? No, but if you had to own one, they're probably really, really good at their job. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. Like we took we took a Scenic to um, Worthersea, and while we were highly embarrassed to arrive at Worthersea <laughs> and the Reynolds Scenic, it was an amazing vehicle. Like, and it done like for four people traveling across Europe for a yeah. couple of days. It was unbelievable. It's an amazing machine. <laughs> it's an amazing machine. In fairness. Like they might be bland and beige, but they're comfortable. Like yeah, you know they do their job well. Yeah, the difference is that'll be about four times the price of a rental. Exactly, Scenic. it will. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. two years ago, Corey Sterling was over from the states, and I went down to see him in Dublin, and went out to one of the Volkswagen um, dealers. Can't remember the, which one it was out in the outskirts of Dublin, and they had, had a little like the factory built campers and things like that. He just wanted to see stuff that they didn't really get, mm-hmm. and. I think one of them was like 120,000 euro. What? Like, what? Yeah, it's a, it's a house. Exactly. It's a owner house. Yeah. I suppose the van life is, uh, you can live in your van. That's it. Can't. Can't drive your house. Can't camp your house. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> 
you can't live in your house. My next one then is PSNI in Lisbon have been attacking cars again. So they've had a bit of a campaign on a Sunday night, probably looking for modified stuff, but this doesn't really apply to the modified stuff. So they set up one Saturday night or Sunday night in Lisbon from 6 to 12, taking cars around to the MOT centre, inspecting them, kind of random inspection, see what's up with them. And when they put up these kind of posts, you do get some weird and wonderful things that they tend to pull in. And it always amazes me. Like, I've driven some shit boxes on the road, like, but <laughs> these are fantastic. But they got a blue Toyota Avensis. So it had no number plate. And you kind of think to yourself, if you're going to have a dodgy car, would not at least have the visual stuff fine? You know, give them as little as possible to yeah. pull you on. No, no, no number plate. When they got it in the ramp, it was missing a real rear caliper. <laughs> and yeah, so it was missing a rear caliper. And to clamp off the hoses, there was a pair of ice grips on the hoses yeah. clamping that caliper that before, off. Yeah. And it had bald tires. Right. What kind of lunatic drives about in a car like that? <laughs> I, 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 I can see something happening on a brake hose bursting. And you clamping it off to get home. Yeah. And you know, if there's still enough fluid and things in it, and you could chance it home and you're fine. Who drives about like Lisburn Car Park on a Sunday night in an Avensis with three brake calipers and a pair of ice grips? If you knew it was dodgy, just sit at home. Yes, or stay out of town, yeah. at the very least. Yeah. I mean, stay at home and don't drive the car, folks. It's a safety issue. It is. Sure, but we I went. don't understand. If something happened to the caliper and you took the caliper off, yeah. all the fluid would come out. Yes, yeah, so you could so clamp they it quite must have quickly. had to clamp it and then, and take then the top up the fluid or take the caliper off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. while it's clamped. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not like that just happened. <laughs> like that, that was on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. That's it. So maybe uh, it's a booty call he was on the way to. And you know yourself, you've call seen it. you've seen the memes. Like I've seen the memes. Indeed. <laughs> you, you up? Yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, you any more? Uh, my last thing is another new car, um, which you probably most of you have probably heard of by now, the Tesla Plaid new edition thing. Yes, oh, yes. he's very into it. There, as you can hear. Yes, yeah. I seen. I was sent a photo of one yesterday by Ian K. They have one in their Tesla dealership, and mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. I said, I because it's a really good looking car. I just can't get on to the fact that there's still no grills in the bumpers, but the actually like the silhouette of the cars lovely mm-hmm. yeah they're not a bad looking car um so if you've been living under a rock tesla are claiming uh less than two seconds not to 60 uh-huh. um and the quickest production car ever okay. which is a controversial claim but yeah it's a thousand and twenty horsepower or something equivalent so, and yeah just oh absolutely insane i think the big thing ian was saying too about it is that the way they're built uh, EVs suffer a lot from like battery heating issues yeah. so when like repeated launches or constant high speed runs it'll deplete the battery but these don't they're 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 kind of battling against that is that like a new battery technology thing it must be yeah is so, this like a roadster I haven't seen this at all no it's just it's a, the Model S but it, this is like the super duper edition so is the Model S is like like a four door saloon kind of Jesus thing Jesus Christ a thousand yeah. horsepower in that thing Yep, gonna need a degree to drive that train. Instant the torque. Under yeah. under two seconds should be noted. It is one point nine nine seconds. One point. Well, here. still under it's two. Under I mean, but per topgear.com, which is where I got this article from. Well, when you're looking up for that, th- eleven hundred horsepower, not the sixty in less than two seconds, nine second quarter mile, and two hundred plus mile an hour top speed. 
And like, as much as I don't, like we all know what I feel about EVs. Yeah. No matter what way I feel about them, they're the future. So, I mean, if they're making this happen and making it good, yeah. why not? You, you kind of have to embrace it at some point. I'll never own it, but it's cool to see. What I find amusing about that is, how much is that rough idea? Oh. I'll get you in a wee sec. Sorry, here's the, it's an American style not to 60, according to Top Gear, um, which allows for a one foot rollout. It's not an actual standing start. Oh, right, right. So if you're talking 0.01 of a second, that's probably the difference between under two seconds and over two seconds. Yeah, and with an EV, like it's getting instantly, the difference that it would make between that foot and an internal combustion engine getting going is a big difference, I would say. Yeah. But still scary, like it's still insane. Uh, £118,980 deliveries estimated towards the end of 2022 in the UK. You would just buy the Civic, wouldn't you? Just buy that EK9 Civic. <laughs> you would surely, I. What I, the, like that thing, like as much as what I don't like the autonomous driving thing or the thought of it, that needs it because you cannot put the normal person into that and expect them to be able to take that amount of power in driving and not be able, and not crash it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be... You're going to need something there to say how long here. There's going to be YouTube footage, isn't there? Oh, there absolutely is. It absolutely is like so yeah he says they've sold a few of them so there's it's not like they're a one-off kind of thing or you know they're going to be very very rare so you you'll definitely see a few especially in florida whatever happened to the roadster remember tesla released the roadster was that the original way the way one back? they put into space oh, that was know. a roadster wasn't was that it? a roadster or yeah. was that a model three i don't know i, it was. I th- see apparently they done like a they released the roadster and took pre-orders on it and then it never appeared this as far like, as i know anyway it'd be like the truck as well Oh, fine chalk. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's never happening. The polygon. The polygon. <laughs> um, so my final bit then to finish up is we talked before about Ken Block parting ways with Ford and selling off a few bits of the fleet. And the latest thing to come up now is the Huna truck. So It's for sale? Yeah. Oh, Mum will all club together and buy it. We'll probably have the equivalent of about 30 quid between us here. <laughs> um, and that's not just cash, it's probably belongings in this room. Um, yeah, so the Hyundai truck is up for sale. It's uh, based on a 77 F-150. And said based on, it's basically a space frame with a 77 shell dropped over it. It's got a 3.5 litre V6 turbo EcoBoost and it runs 914 horsepower. The thing is... Unreal. I think it was Gymkhana 10 they used it in. Have you guys seen it run? Uh, I have seen it, but I can't remember what Gymkhana was Was it around a wee town? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I have seen it. Um, the thing is insane. It looks cool. It was kind of like the Hoonicorn's younger brother, you know, a bit less power. But Culty cousin. Yeah. When you look at it, 900 horsepower, like it's, yeah. it stands on its own well. Um, it comes with spare wheels, tires, body panels. All the body panels are aluminium. The engine is actually from the Ford GT Le Mans car and was actually right. provided by Ford and it does a spur engine come with it as well. So I wonder will somebody snap it up. And is that Ford selling that? No, he has it. Oh, right, they, okay. They kept the Hoonicorn, but he kept the Hoona truck and they sort of split different things between them. So um, he is selling it for a cool $1.1 million, which is £921,000. It's reasonable. There's a lot of big figures banded about today in this episode, isn't it? Isn't yeah, there? yeah. It's crazy. But We only have 30 quid amongst us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Couldn't afford to run it. <laughs> no, it's cool, big yoke. It doesn't, it doesn't look overly big in a lot of the films. And then I watched the video of it doing Pikes Peak, or not Pikes Peak, um, oh, Goodwood. 
and it looks huge on the Goodwood hill climb. It just it looks really wide and cumbersome nearly. Didn't it was not the did they bring that to no wait, that was the unicorn. Sorry, never mind. What was the unicorn? Where did they go? Uh they done the top gear thing where the sh- yes. the fucking bejesus uh, Joey Tiraveli. Aye. No, the the, the, the unicorn is a different animal altogether. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so that that's me for news then. Anybody got any YouTubes? Yes. Uh, my YouTubes tie in with you guys because I've watched these twice and I've technically watched them a third time because I forced you to watch it the other night but I was insanely drunk and I can't really remember watching it oh, yeah. but we'll talk these, about how drunk I was the other night yeah. so uh, these are what we've talked about before the this versus that Hoonigan series and the two you want to talk about is Travis Pastrana's Gymkhana Subaru versus the first one was the Ford GT so the, uh, the Ford GT like it's been out a while now so you've probably seen it but it gets absolutely destroyed but that's like the heritage edition as well that was meant to be the it has more power and like lowers itself as you yeah the pinnacle as you get going it. Uh, it just absolutely walks the walk oh, yeah. away from it and as we said before like the loser of the first race gets to pick the setup of the next race and they go to Travis to see is that okay and he's just like it's okay I'll smoke him anyway it's fine it's like oh, <laughs> the confidence in that man um it's a great video. It's a great series of it is stuff because the editing is hilarious as well. Yeah, it's the wee quirks and things that drop in. It's very funny. Yeah. And then, obviously now Pastrana, he's in the Jim Canna Subaru. It's eight hundred and sixty horsepower, but they have a jump at the end of it. So before with the unicorn, it wasn't jumping, but now mm. so he could be down the end of the track next thing there's a looks like it's only a couple of foot high kind of thing but I'm sure it's still not fun to hit like you know without oh, experience no. mm-hmm. I was watching the build biology on that car too and there's an active arrow in the back so the back wing was actually developed to essentially fly the car so if he feels the front end lifting it can alter itself and fly drop the, the front car. end yeah amazing so they took it to a uh, wind tunnel and obviously the wind tunnel guys are like you know downforce downforce and they're like no we can't need this thing to fly as well as be downforce so we need it able to change it about um, also Scotto trying to get into the Ford GT yeah the man is 18 foot tall and he's, he, like, a, he's like a chubby praying man just trying to get into the damn thing himself in sideways yeah and then when he was in he couldn't straighten his neck his head was completely sideways yeah I was, and then getting back out of it was less than graceful. The, I think they cut into the uh, the bit from the Wolf of Wall Street. Him getting out of the, the Lambo. Lambo. Yep. Yeah, that's what. It was. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's it like it's really good. And then the next one, um, I think it's this actually was before the the GT was them up against the Jeep Trackhawk. So they had a that Jeep Trackhawk was insane, incredibly yeah. impressive. Like for a fucking Jeep. Yeah, the thing. What with- is essentially a brick on wheels? Like yeah, yeah. No, it's it weighs over two ton. Um, it's a 6.2 litre supercharged V8 it was running almost 1100 horsepower 1080 horsepower on nitrous as well and it really came down to who was better off the line got the win because it was so so close it's probably some of the closest racing we've seen on this versus that yeah um, but like it, it just looks like it defies physics you're like how does that something that big move so quick it's like somebody shot a house out of a catapult <laughs> it just disappears <laughs> trebuchet a house up a traction exactly yeah, yeah. um no, like things that are that big shouldn't be that fast, but it really are. Yeah, uh, the noise of it too is impressive. I think at one point they launch and then they're like at the end of the track, and Vinny's still like hoking out of something out of his ear. He's like, "I'll get my hearing back soon." <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I love that. This versus that series, it's, it's so good. It's fun because there's such short episodes too, and they're kind of lighthearted. But you have a good bit of racing. Yeah, you just stick it on that 10, 15 minute window. It's enough to keep you. 
amused amused for for what it is you we know? and i blew line up on a friday night and it's maybe too late to watch a film or something you just throw three or four of them on and then that stage you're two hours in you could have watched the film <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for Stephen? um i've been watching a uh a bit of a channel called Whistling Diesel lately. Um, of course you and have. Of course I have. This guy is a bit of a tool, but... Uh, He's very controversial. He is. Like, he does very stupid things. Like, he shot a 50 cal... Pl- uh, sorry, a 50 cal sniper rifle, f- like, four foot from a plate. It's like a steel plate on a ricochet and hit him in the forehead. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is the level of intelligence you're working with. He bought a Hilux... A beautiful Hilux, a lovely, lovely Japanese imported Hilux, and he and said, "No one messes with Stefan's Hilux. No one messes with my Toyotas. Um, no, he he bought this beautiful Hilux. Apparently, the thing had never seen like had never seen rain from it was in the states, and he mm. bought it and just destroyed it. Like, but he was like torture testing it, and I like, <sighs> I just laughed at this thing making a complete dick out of him because everything he buys, he breaks in twenty minutes." Mm. Or one one video, this thing got four videos in, and the only way I defeated it was because he dropped it ten thousand foot from a helicopter. Um, this is ra- a bit like the Top Gear one where they tried to kill the Hilux. Yeah, that's yeah. that was is sort of his thing. He says, you know, Top Gear said this is the most indestructible truck in the world. Let's try it out. And after video three, he was just sort of like, Yeah, I think I, it might be. I can't, I can't break this thing. What's going on? Like they took it to Moab, which is like a big desert off road park mm. somewhere. I think it's in Utah. And he was there with the diesel brothers and they took it out to like something about four or five miles away. And the only thing that broke on it was the radiator fan. So it started to overheat. Mm-hmm. He drove that thing like over harsh terrain that was breaking the trucks that he was with that were purpose built for doing this kind for of this thing. In a, in a fucking Toyota Hilux. <laughs> and it started to overheat and he was right. Well, it's three miles back. So we'll just drive it back. He gave that thing grim, like outran the other trucks and like one of these Can-Am Razor things which uh-huh. is built for that like a UTV that's built for that outran them back to the thing knocked it off 20 minutes later oh I think it's cooled down now sorry not a problem uh, it's not like he nursed it back nope and like the videos of him like reversing up inclines mm-hmm. or trying to and it just like falling on that side and then just writing itself again like a fucking like a cartoon <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> you know and the ultimate test of those things for me for years has been when all the terrorists in the Middle East are mounting 50 <laughs> yeah. cows to the back of them yeah. and using them as tanks. <laughs> One of the videos, he put a, a gooseneck trailer on the back of it. Now, these things are meant to have, like, the towing bed thing. Yeah. Yeah, he just, he put a gooseneck ball hitch on it, mm-hmm. put a gooseneck trailer on it, put a John Deere skid steer on it and a Ford F-350 on it. As you do. And I think it was, like, £80,000. I don't know what that works out as in R, uh-huh. in kilos, but... Uh, things started up, put in first gear, let the clutch out, and just, just, do, 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 and away it went. Pulls. Just pulled it off. And he was just like, I am impressed that this is doing this. They're an absolute testament to the tail, do like, they oh, need to go back. Yeah, they're beefy, like. Yeah, I like them. Uh, I only have one YouTube, which is unusual for me to have any. Um, and it's not like a channel or anything, it's just a funny video that I watched in the week. Funny, <laughs> but sad. Um, there was a charity cruise or something some kind of charity supercar event in Philadelphia about two weeks ago. Uh-huh. There's footage, it's absolutely potato cam footage, like, but uh, of three Ferraris, sadly, crashing into each other on a kind of freeway. Two four eight eights and a four five eight. Lots of money. Yeah, it's, uh, and it just all happens, like, so quickly. It's a guy, the guy in one of the black four eight eights, I think, 
Um, they're coming up on kind of slower traffic and he tries to go out round something, hits into another Ferrari that's coming up on his right, which then knocks him back over to the left where he hits another one. Jesus. And then all three of them kind of into the wall. Converge into the wall. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Messy. Sickening. No, it's rough. But it, thankfully, like, nobody was hurt or anything. Yeah. But it's it just all happens in a split second. Like, it's just like... Psh, 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 yeah, it all looked to be happening, like, sort of 50 mile an hour. You know, it wasn't... Because it was in traffic. Yeah. And it wasn't like they were going massively hard. And it happened so quick. And it looked nearly like, if you imagine, there was oil in the road. And somebody just lost the back end. And then it, it was like them all pirouette, pirouetting around. Like, it was just... <laughs> Like Ferraris on ice. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll post a link, but uh, it's a short little video, but yeah. Might be humorous to someone. Humorous and sad at the same time. Yep. Um, actually, my, I actually have another one here, but I'll not go massively into detail on it because I don't want to ruin any of it. But anyone who listens or watches Adam LZ's content, he put up a video for basically revealing the cost of what he bought his new compound for. Did you see it, Stefan? Uh, I've seen the video. I didn't watch it. Um, but I think it's... So we talked about it before. We actually. talked about the compound that he bought before on the podcast and he reveals how much he's uh, paid for it and like the head and running costs of it versus like, you know, where he's been able to save actually buying this as opposed to renting somewhere else. Very, very interesting. Lots of numbers, lots of figures, but it gives you an insight into like the background behind these huge YouTube channels and you kind of see like it's not some Egypt with a camera and everybody thinks, oh yeah, it's fine. He's making money out of nothing. There's a mm. lot of investment in it. He's yeah. a very, very smart guy too. You know, I would say there's financial advisors in the background helping him with it and all too. But yeah. I'd say I'll not talk about it because I don't want to uh, give it away. It's it's worth, it's about 15 minutes, but it's well worth the watch. Some big figures in, involved. Yeah, there is. But he must be doing the turnover to make it work. So yeah. fair play to him. So Ian K. Samuel, thanks Ian. Um, that's me for YouTube's in. Jeez. Before we move on, I'll just take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Studio 10 is a car care business located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland. Robin and his team specialise in vehicle detailing, paintwork correction and ceramic coatings. Robin is a board member of the International Detailing Association. He's the only Mavinci approved detailer in Northern Ireland, a Roops Bigfoot specialist and a qualified vehicle technician with many years of experience. Studio 10 also offer an online training program, which you talked about on the last episode, if any of you have heard it, Foundation Pro. This training program is designed for those who want to improve their current skill set, helping customers detail their own vehicle to a much higher level, right through to starting their own valuing business. The course offers many other benefits, including Studio 10 Foundation Pro Helpline, where Robin will provide help and advice to customers directly via DM, as well as discount codes for various detailing companies and much more. The Foundation Pro program can be found on their website or contact Robin directly to find out more. They're also a distributor for Racing Line Performance Parts, which cater for a wide variety of VW and Audi Group vehicles. And Robin can supply and fit all Racing Line Performance Parts to your vehicle. To view their range of detailing packages, training courses and details on all other services they provide, visit their website at studio10car.care or simply Google Studio 10. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Studio 10 Detailing. So I'm going to move on now to our main topic for the day. And I'm just going to go straight into it. And you can feel free to chime in as you wish. Okay. So this is the story of what was supposed to be the world's best car. If it had succeeded, the luxury end of the automotive market today could have looked vastly different. It's the story of the American Rolls-Royce beater that fell at the final hurdle. 
As post-war America got back to normal, brothers James and Edward Gaylord were searching for a way to create... We're off to a good start, aren't we? <laughs> See Stefan's face. This is amazing already. Keep I her was, lit. I was literally trying to deadpan it there and I couldn't. <laughs> James and Edward Gaylord were searching for a way to create a legacy to outlast that of their super rich father, the inventor of the bobby pin. So for those of you who don't know... Mr. Gaylord. Mr. Gaylord, yep. Um, used to secure hair or as a makeshift lockpick in your favourite action films. Ah, yes. Uh, it's one of those objects that people rarely think about. However, when Gaylord Products Inc. took over the Hump Hairpin Company... This just gets better. Stop that sniggering. <laughs> a vast business empire was formed. The cash flowed in, funding a lifelong love of cars for the two brothers who were heirs to the fortune. Jim and Ed had grown up with Dosenbergs, Packards and PSROs, but they thought they could do better and they wanted to build a car themselves. So they looked at the huge, heavy, wayward machines that the US was building and the smaller, agile coupes that were being turned out in Europe and they thought, you know, each has their advantages, each has their drawbacks, but they wanted it all. A car with the performance to compete on the track at Le Mans or Monaco, but still carry its occupants in comfort over the streets of New York or Paris. So they set out on a quest to build the most advanced, spectacular and exclusive luxury sports car in the world, the Gaylord Gladiator. What a name. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> How many times have you heard that before, though, from like Field? A Gaylord Gladiator? Well, no, no, we haven't heard the Gaylord. What have you been watching? <laughs> That's the late night stuff. Um, no, like from like Field car companies and they're like the guy behind it was always like, we want to do it all. We want to do it all. And you just can't. You know, it just doesn't happen. Well, funny you should say that. The brothers Gaylord wanted to combine the power and style of the American way with European touches of elegance. V8 power with nimble handling. Of course, many people have wanted to do much the same, but the Gaylords were up to their eyes in hairpin money. <laughs> money was no object. They were going to build the best car in the world. The first designer they approached was Alex Tremulis. You might have heard of him. He was the designer behind the 1948 Tucker, and he'd be quite famous in the old American car scene. Um, but five years passed before Jim and Ed were ready to act on their vision, and by this time Tremulis was working for Ford but he recommended another designer. Again, somebody you might have heard of, or certainly some of our American listeners will have heard of, uh, Brooks Stevens, who designed the 1949 Hydroglide Harley. Oh, yeah. Um, he also drew the Miller Brewing logo. Yes, I know it too. <laughs> Bikes and beer, what more could a man want? <laughs> and even find time to create the third generation Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Yes, I know it. <laughs> Have you seen it, Stephen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, that's a cultural touchstone for probably our American listeners. Beer, um, bikes and hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to please clients with very deep pockets, Stevens worked hard to incorporate some of the Gaylord's wilder ideas. Perhaps the most obvious conversation starter was the body styling. As an article at the time said, the gladiator's body was beautifully proportioned like a big cat coiled to leap. I'll show you a picture in a wee minute. Yep. Part of the effect came from a clamshell fender treatment and open wheel design that were meant to convey the litheness of the classic era. Nearly as striking was the formal coach roof and chrome trimmed boot. The long tail fins are less elegant, but they were a necessity given the taste of cars at the time. 
but the most striking feature of the Gladiator is the front end. It has two enormous Lucas P100 headlights on it. I'm picturing, before he shows, I'm picturing Homer Simpson's car that he designed in The Simpsons. I'm I'm picturing Cruella DeVille's car. Oh, yeah? <laughs> You're probably more on the money. Oh, Jesus Christ. Whoa. Yeah. It, 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 looks, it looks like it could be a boat, like an car. It looks like car. an oil. It, yes. It's, yeah. It's definitely, it's, got it's a car pu- designed by a committee. like puppy dog it? eyes, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. It's like those anime eyes. Aye. Yeah. yeah. Big giant eyes. Uh, those were not Brooke Stevens' idea. They were insisted upon by Jim Gaylord, uh, who loved the neoclassic look and the big tall mesh grill. Chrome and a two-tone black and white paint scheme paired with white wall tires gave the Gladiator a streamlined look that would please the Bruce Wayans of the world. Yes, you can see that. <laughs> uh, another thing I've heard used to describe it is the Batmobile in a, tu- in a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah, I can see that as a Batmobile yeah. at some point. The interior was even more opulent, with tropical wood in the dash, electric seats and windows, and even tiny swords fitted as needles on the instruments, remembering that this is in the 1950s. Yeah, that's a lot of detail, and a lot of tech as well. The design work in the Gladiator was also way ahead of its time. The spare wheel, for example, was hidden in a compartment underneath the boot and could be slid out and onto the roadway in a trice without the unfortunate gentleman getting dirt on his clothes. Because who would want to get that? (laughs) (laughs) The real highlight was the roof, one of the world's first electrically retracting hardtops, which raised and lowered with a single button on a single motor. The Ford Skyliner, which came out two years later, needed seven motors. Aye, so there's a big design advantage in that thing. Underneath all this extravagance was some genuinely solid engineering. Jim Gaylord had conceived a tubular centre structure made of the alloy chrome molybdenum. Don't know, I'll probably need to see it. It's an alloy. Some sort of alloy. (laughs) Which was both lightweight and robust. He used channel steel perimeters and platform and neoprene impregnated body mounts to reduce vibration and absorb road noise to give the Gladiator ultimate refinement. They're really going for this, yeah, with the the quality thing. Yeah. The rear suspension was a conventional live axle design with leaf springs, but these were positioned on the frame for ideal geometry and balance to achieve optimal handling. The rear springs even had leather covers for protection. (laughs) Front suspension was a typical wishbone setup, but it had huge wheel travel and minimal flex. And in the days before variable ratio power steering, the Gladiator had a hydraulic servo unit where the driver could adjust the boost via cockpit control dial. This is starting to sound interesting now. What's going on? (laughs) This advanced chassis technology allowed a combination of supple ride and tenacious grip that no 1950s car from any country at any price could boast. Now on to the important bit. At first a Chrysler sourced 331 cubic inch V8 was used, but a Cadillac 365 was fitted to later cars and was intended as the production option. The engine made 305 horsepower, and as it was far lighter than the contemporary Cadillacs, it could sprint to 60 in 8 seconds. In, in the 1950s. For a production car, yeah. Jeez. The relative lightness also helped the handling and speed. It weighed just 1,800 kilograms, making it a hell of a lot lighter than any of the US cars that were around at the time. And a planned supercharger would have upped the performance even further. Oh, yeah. You know what this reminds me of, this car? What do you call that stupid film with Leonardo DiCaprio in it that we watched? The Aviator? 
No. no. Um, it's older. Matt and Lucy recommended it to us. The Great Gatsby. Gatsby. Yeah. Yes. This is like something he would have driven in that. Mm. <laughs> the Gladiator fused sporty performance and handling with incredible luxury in a way that was unheard of at the time. Gaylord, which was never officially registered as a car building entity separate from the bobby pin business, only needed to sell 25 a year to make the project viable. The prototype Gladiator that debuted at the Paris International Auto Show in 1955 was built by Spohn of Germany. This coach builder was chosen to shape the body because unlike the traditional Italian or French carrossiers, which means coach builder, who tended to interpret the designs, uh, the Germans follow designers' instructions to the letter. Just doing their job. (laughs) In this case, that includes those bold headlights you reckon the some of the other guys the italians would have toned them down a wee bit yes however uh they didn't make it far past the prototype uh and neither did the open wheel cutaway arches and both of those were replaced with more conventional designs after a negative reaction from the the crowd at the paris motor show for the production cars the lights were changed to more conventional quad beam and closed front wheel wells i'll show you a picture of the this is the intended production car then. That's not bad looking, actually. I was going to say they've definitely wrecked this, but no, that that's it's a vast improvement. It looks not unlike... I like uh, the big lights. I think they're cool. Yeah. Oh, the big fucking... The big bu- single lights, th- yeah. yeah. I quite like that, to be honest yeah, with you. I like that, that too. That's a vast improvement for me there. <laughs> that's not unlike some... I saw some of the yeah, time. Pontiacs and stuff like that at the time. The result is a less dramatic look. Uh, whether that is wet, worse or better is up to the viewer. <laughs> <laughs> Steph and I are on the better. On the better. Unfortunately, the quality of the bodywork provided by Spawn was not a hit either. Considerable amounts of lead had been used to shape the voluptuous body and began to deteriorate in very short order. The problem then was building them. Improbably, the brothers turned to not an established coachmaking firm, but Luftschiffbau Zeppelin, the company that built the Hindenburg. Oh, a fine track record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least it looked good. What? At least it looked good. Yeah. But perhaps this move was not so strange. After all, Wilhelm Maybach and his son originally founded Maybach as a subsidiary of the Zeppelin Corporation. Um, and Maybach is obviously still with us today. Maybe the Gladiator could have had the same success. Mm. Who knows? However, having won the contract to produce the Gladiator, the Zeppelin company failed to deliver exactly what the Gaylord brothers had hoped for. It's possible, given the wild styling of the vehicle, that some of the design elements weren't practical for the assembly line, or maybe that the airship company lacked the necessary automotive expertise. Whatever the case, the Gaylords sued, production was halted, and a messy international lawsuit followed. Some claim that the legal wrangling drove Jim to a nervous breakdown, after which Ed persuaded him to drop the whole idea. Others tell of a dream thwarted by the economic realities of asking $17,500 for a car at that time in history. The cost of the Gladiator had ballooned from an intended $10,000 to $17,500, making it the most expensive car of the day, significantly more so than a Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud. They're talking around 200000 in today's money. Oh, nice. Jeez. I for a first-time car that no one knows what it's going to be like. Yeah. Still, there might have been some takers in the booming 1950s economy. Gladiator was brash, cleverly made, and highly exclusive. And as I mentioned earlier on, they would have only needed to sell 25 
a year to stay solvent. Brand be able to find twenty five agents kicking around. <laughs> but unfortunately, the like <laughs> after the lawsuit, it wasn't to be. Between nineteen fifty five and fifty seven, four gladiators were made, including the Eyelid prototypes. There were two of those. It's believed that only the two quad headlights, so the production models, um, built by Zeppelin survived. One is at their museum and the other one's in private ownership in the US. Of the Lucas lighted to the big single lamp prototypes, uh-huh. one was confirmed destroyed. The second car was stolen from the Gaylords in Europe in the late 1950s. Uh, it was traced to a castle somewhere in France, but that's where the trail went cold. Rumours told of it being rebodied as a hot rod, but there's no trace of the last chassis to this day. That's weird. Mm. Who owns a castle and is stealing that thing? That's someone who has too much money and is bored, isn't it? Yeah. Don't know what to be doing the day. We'll steal <laughs> that prototype. The Gladiator came so close to greatness. We'll never know what might have been if the relationship between Jim and Ed Gaylord and Zeppelin hadn't gone south. Maybe we'd be talking about ultra luxury triple tests between a Rolls Royce, a Maybach, and a Gaylord. <laughs> but car manufacturing <laughs> is a blood sport, and only a few survive. Some leave the arena as champions. Some gladiators fall and are forgotten. Oh, it's nice we entin. That's good. It's interesting. I'd never heard of one of I those think before. Neither did I. I'm, I think they're class. They're definitely something. They're they're definitely something. <laughs> it's car mechanics, very diplomatic way of saying. I'm not a fan. I don't. Uh, I like that second updater prototype with the yeah. twin, well, the quad headlights on it. No, I like the big one, the big lamps. I think that's cool. It's definitely flamboyant it looks like it looks like a cartoon car yeah it's like something the red skull would drive yeah it's definitely a villain's car oh yeah yeah it's the black and white all up but no it's i'm still convinced there's part built in it as well like i think it's the white scallops up the side kind of thing that throws me on that that's good thanks lee no worries before we move on to our listener questions then, this episode is also brought to you by Relo Global. Relo Global are an enthusiast-owned company providing you with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as garage banners, posters, stickers and air fresheners. They're Northern Ireland based and are an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe. Pop on over to Relo.Global to view their online store and see what you fancy. Shall we move on to the questions then? Yeah, we'll fin- finish up with our questions. Thanks uh, very much, everybody, for sending in questions, as always. Yeah, never disappoint. And uh, we'll get Stefan to play along with us and see if he can answer a few for us. Sure can. Should have put out that you were going to be on this. No. Would have got some directed towards you. No, because that's probably the best idea, because I know I have some horrible, horrible bastards for friends. We so. do, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put one me, sitting beside you here. put me on the spot here <laughs> very quickly so uh, so the first one comes from Emma Dowell 93 he says ask Lee is she cursed with accidents because I've been cursed since listening about Connor's one so he's blaming you I'm clumsy like we know this I am clumsy and yeah. I actually nearly broke my ankle last Saturday you did after the Jedi MOT we went over to get breakfast in Fartox and uh, I was getting back into the car and I stepped down off the curb and I was holding the fry and like two drinks and between the curb and the road the tarmac is kind of like degraded along the edge of the curb so I somehow managed to put my foot into that went over on my ankle and then as it went over smacked my ankle bone off the granite yeah. curb yeah it was really sore I thought you broke your ankle to be fair if I had I think because I then kind of sat down into the car 
I th- if I had fallen the other way away from the car, I definitely would have snapped my ankle. Yeah. I've seen you limping about for two or three days. Oh, it was sore. Yeah. Dropped my Coke as well. I went over my ankle about two months ago. It's still, like, still sort of a wee bit twingy. It's like, mm. it's an old age thing. Like, no, no. You don't recover as quick. <laughs> so old. Like, so Emmett, very old. When I was talking to Emmett, he busted his hand in work. Ended up with like four or five stitches in it as well. So he's <laughs> a mechanic. So it comes to us all. Uh, Connor Old, no questions. Just many regrets not going to Players Classic. Two cars next year. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Fuckers. I know. I All I'm know. seeing is videos from Nigel and yeah. photos and... <laughs> Wish you were here. <laughs> seeing a thing on Robin's Instagram. Nigel Land sleeping in the, uh, in the, in the passenger seat of the, uh, the Porsche. The, the Porsche. And he uh, goes, wee man can't hack it or something. He goes, it. Robin was, was telling me a story about detail and I just nodded off. <laughs> <laughs> I entirely confirmed that. Yeah, you could, I would have oh, you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fagfair was on last weekend as well. Yeah. Oh, for me in. Yeah, and it was the uh, same thing. Just, yeah, videos and... <sighs> yeah, I, I was tortured with videos, uh, text messages, pictures, and I was just like, yeah, thanks, folks. Can't be there. So never they turn around and say, oh, hello, Connor, from the from like the prize given. Yeah, in the middle of the prize given, Adam was videoing me. I went up videoing Corey, and he says, say hello to Connor, and then he had the whole crowd shout, hi, Connor. I was like, oh, I'm... <laughs> I've never been more embarrassed in my own living room. But it's like now that car shows are back on again, and I'm like, I'm just so jealous. I want to go to them. You guys have been to players before. I've never been. No, we went for the stag do, so you didn't get. I wasn't allowed to go because I don't have a willy. Yep. (laughs) But uh, the whole plan was to go in 2020. I was like, I'm definitely doing players 2020, and then obviously 2020 happened, and now this year I haven't got either, and I'm just like, ah. 2022. Um. Johnny Kerr 83 Johnny says recommendations for a company to machine face a set of speed lines in Ireland um, I seen this and I was speaking to New Look who did your Wheelsley mm-hmm. and they were saying they can do it he says it's not their normal work but it is possible that they can do it it'd just be a bit slower than traditional um, their like usual turn kind yeah. of thing yeah but they could do it if you give them a shout do you know anybody else does it? Uh, no I was going to ask you is there no one else does diamond cutting in in that, the country there is yeah I don't know what way it's done or I know the likes of New Look do it in CNC lead so they could program it and you could take as much off you want or if yeah. some of them are doing it manual I'm, I'm really not sure yeah it's a very it is it's not something you just drop down to an engineering firm and tell them they're on the most roll, of them won't be bothered with it there's a guy following Instagram I think his name's Dean Dean Flowers and he dropped a set of Mercedes Carlson's I can't remember what the what the fraction that they are. They're a weird name. Yeah, but he dropped those off to get done and it was literally like someone just put them in the lathe and just went straight across them because there's a bit of a con cave Yeah, he wanted to follow the line of the wheel. but Yeah, and they just bang straight across. Bang straight across. and Wheels destroyed. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So don't give it any highlands is what you're saying. That silver dot wagon, he says, have you ever got to a point with your car, you're like, what's next? I need some advice. Never finish a car, so yeah, <laughs> we've never been at that stage. No, and never, make, got, never got to that luxurious stage of being able to do that to make matters worse. Like, I could be in the middle of doing the bay, and I'm thinking of what I'm going to do to the same bay in two years' time. Oh, when you're I actually rip it apart, yeah, yeah, I just can't sit still. Um, you're probably best leaving things alone, but you never uh, do leave it alone for a couple of years and maybe if things move on and progress and the style changes, you can maybe redo it, but. Once you get to that certain point where you're happy-ish with it, stop. 
Yeah. 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 I, I think we've talked about before, like you can go too far. Yeah. Or you can change things just for the sake of changing them. I'm not really into that. No. But I think some people do get to that where they're like, oh, I've brought this car to, you know, X number of shows over the last two years and it's been the same. Mm. And I have have to do something now. Either conscious of it sort of thing. And sometimes those changes are not for the good, like. No, definitely not. Uh, Sometimes it works, but there's other times you're just like, you're doing this for the sake of it. Yeah. 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 But it's your car. Do what you want. That's it. That's a nice, it's a silver Mark IV wagon, like, and it's. it's On the Advance? Yes. The The Advance Advance. It's cool. Yeah. It really doesn't need anything else. Um, Jake underscore slow up. Am I the only one who hits the lock button five times, but unlocks it with the button once? I'm a serial button presser. Like, if I'm walking up to the car, I'll unlock it like six times. Uh, my car has the snazzy touch uh, unlock, unlock, so <laughs> I, don't right, Scrooge to, McDuck. I don't even have to touch the key. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. I just have to touch the handle. Big flex there. <laughs> what are you driving? You drive a caddy. Yeah. 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 You have buttons. You're cool. Yeah, I am. Uh... I don't know. I don't, I've never really thought about it. I suppose I do. Hammer the button as well. Yeah, you live in the country. You're probably like us. I don't lock things. No, I don't. Like, it's there's fine. several times I went went into the house and just forgot the keys around the windows are down and went to bed. The amount of times I've <laughs> not found my don't, keys. Don't come to my house at night. The amount of times I've not found my keys in the morning to go to work. Hunted for about 20 minutes and they're lying in the car. I'm like, oh, that's uh, responsible. I, I had the Jetta out last night. I had it run in the backyard just to... I don't even know why I left it running, but I walked off and forgot about it for an hour. <laughs> Came back up. Like, Jesus, is there a tractor or something going? Was there coolant? <laughs> was there coolant still in it? Yeah, that's that's always hundred percent. Uh, yep. Yeah, you good can tell Stefan is an aficionado of old cars because when he got out of my Jetta last weekend, he locked the door. Yeah, it's auto. It's an automatic reaction, yeah. like on the passenger side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anybody with modern stuff are used doesn't to even it, think of don't no. lock it. Kane Don, he says, what would you buy before prices go really nuts? E46 M3 or a 997 Carrera 2, both manual? I wouldn't say either's a bad car. No. Um, they're both. No. My heart would say the BMW, but my head would say the Porsche because it'll probably be worth even more money. Yeah, and the same. Nigel would be all over the Porsche I'm saying there. Yeah, luckily he's not here, so by the, 30, <laughs> <laughs> by the E46. I, I, uh, between the two brands, I would be a BM guy. The E46 isn't what I would be looking at, to be fair. But yeah, um, I like an E46. Yeah, they're, they're an impressive thing to be in. Like, um, I'm an E36 guy, to be fair. Like, but yeah, between those two, that's a hard call. Get yourself a nice, a nice M3 Evolution or something would be great. The E46 out of those two, depending on what you want to do, that's probably a more practical car. You know, yeah, that's the thing, but. It's whether you want to be bothered repairing the floor and the subframe rips out of it is the other issue too. But it's sort of an, a, a known thing. I would imagine if you're going to buy one now, it's had Probably to repair. Been done. It's been repaired. So, you know, and it should be well documented. If it's been yep. done, it should, you know, they should say it. There you go. That's Aye, it. If you're buying a good example of either car, I don't think you're going to go wrong. No, no. 413 Eric, he says, can I have a shout out? Just playing. This podcast makes mowing the lawn go by so quickly. Thanks. Well, there's a shout out. And shout out, Eric. Get well soon because he was driving his Mark V and got rear-ended by a dump truck. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. He says the guy hit the brakes at the last second and got her slowed slightly, but he was in pretty bad shape. He probably would have been dead if the guy hadn't been on the brakes. Yeah. Yeah, so don't get rear-ended. Um, we have a a new messenger, first time, first time questioner, V Dub Boy. 
who that guy is <laughs> do you know him he says do our line badge Volkswagens which are not actually ours make you as angry as me I'm yes like, that that goes across the board for M Sport yeah manufacturers diluting their own brand I can see why they do it S line because it obviously ST line ST, ST line, line. Yeah. yeah like my granny's fiesta yeah <laughs> sporty your granny your granny's one of these people literally yeah <laughs> dammer um yeah I'm not a big fan of that like yes have a nice trim on a car you want to have it a decent trim level but don't be diluting your performance side or your, your sporty brand um, call it like a GL or a whatever you know yeah the with a glitz in the matrix reload podcast have asked a question I'm assuming that's Nigel asking another one again. <laughs> um, so we're asking ourselves this one. Has finance killed proper old school car builds? Probably walking around players, what he's saying. I would say not because there's a lot of them there, but generally I'm going to yeah, say yes. but at the same time, the old school car build is sort of a dying breed because you can't buy the damn things anymore. Also true. So I Aye, Everything's that more expensive you do, you have to finance even the yeah. base car. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that, and it's a lot of that... I, well, I certainly don't go with this because it takes me about 10 years to do anything, but it's that instant gratification. You know, everyone's that used to having everything now, you just buy it and it's there kind of thing. Very few people want to be bothered to actually put the time in and build something now. Yeah. Or run about, run like, like I've bought parts, like rare parts. Yeah. From all over the world. That's yeah. the hunting that you have to do to find stuff, you know. But I enjoy that. Yeah. It's the buying a new car or a newer car, something in the last 10 years, you could probably still buy it, new old stock from Volkswagen or from Volkswagen, not even new old stock. Yeah. So. Uh, while you can say, yes, it's easy, you know, you have to have the money to be able to buy all these new things and finance them because people kind of shit on finance too and go, well, she can finance anything. But well, I mean, think it's made yeah. some stuff more available. Like if you, there was a set of wheels that you wanted or an air kit or a whatever oh, that, and you yeah. can finance it, whereas before you'd have had to buy that cash outright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a set of seats, whatever. You know, I was looking at, when I bought you those Takata harnesses, uh-huh. there was an option to finance then. It was like nine quid a month or something. It was like... It's tempting. Yeah. yeah. That be, was probably rare back then. Yeah. Where now that's your, as nice as I said before, you can buy t-shirts on finance now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's some of the, the brands in England, like the you know, like automotive type stuff, yeah. you can finance with that Klarna finance for like t-shirts and jackets. It's madness. Unless you're paying, you know, a year's worth of clothes. 500 <laughs> quid worth of t-shirts. Two, two t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one, Shorty1919 says, check out my YouTube video every Sunday, Shorty at, at Shorty1919. Check it out and see. Um, what so- kind of videos are they? I want to know before I commit to this. I'll check them out. Don't worry. Okay. I'm used to the dark side of the internet. Um, Soul of the Road, formerly Buster Conrad. Which one of Nigel's cars will you use to run up a bunch of speed camera tickets while he's out? Corrado. Club the Corrado. Corrado. Well, the Edition 1 is off the road. The Mark 1 probably can't break speed limits. So we're going to have to go for <laughs> the Corrado. Maybe 20 mile an hour around a school zone. You could probably do that one, but... Those are different kind of tickets if you're caught creeping in a school zone. <laughs> What's your name, Nigel Lamont? Um, Anthony underscore M85. This is a strange one. If you were to name a child after a car slash car brand slash name, what would it be? I have the best one for this. Stefan's child's going to be a stripper. You're going to call yours Mercedes. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know where I was going there. Uh, Susie Leanne. Susie Leanne. Suzuki Leanna. Ah, I have to call my Mark III. 
there's a guy we were drinking with over at the Nürburgring, uh-huh. older chap. His son was not named Ferdinand after the Porsche guy. Right. So he was. It was very weird. I actually know a guy's son's called Enzo after Enzo really? Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's not that common, that kind of thing, but you do you do get it now and again. No. Where else are we? Gethin underscore GTINI. You think I know how to say that now? Yes. Um, <laughs> how do you spell Eurotreffin? It appears many people need to know. <laughs> so Gethin's a bit like yourself, Lee. He's a bit of a, a spelling Nazi. Um, Grammar Nazis assemble. E-U-R-O-T-R-E-F-F-E-N. I think a lot of people are spelling it A-N on the end. And the meaning of the name, obviously, is Treffen is German for meat or to meat, which is like the Wuthersee Treffen. So that's where that comes from for anybody who doesn't, hasn't seen it before. But yes, don't annoy Gethin with your bad spelling. <laughs> Poor man's hard enough time as it is. <laughs> um... Fogel underscore O'Reilly 26. What's the craziest Volkswagen each of you have seen? You guys think of anything? Yeah. I think the craziest one I've seen is actually from these shores. Well, originally England, but um, Phil Guinan, or sorry, Phil Guiney had a, a Vento. Do you remember it? Was the X Reverend Hydraulics. Dr. Uh, Robotnik's. Show car, Dr. Robotnik's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As we like to call him. Um, so this was a. a Mark III Jetta slash Vendo on air suspension and each of the doors was controlled with a hydraulic ram. So one was like a Lambo door, one went straight out and rotated, the other one went up and rotated and then the, the drivers one opened normally. Rever and Hydraulics obviously were a hydraulic suspension company and built it as a kind of a showpiece to show what they can do. Yeah, I think the bonnet opened sideways and the boot opened backwards and it was just absolutely ridiculous I remember sitting in it and I got stuck in it because it was too fat for the bucket seats <laughs> and uh, that's going back maybe 12 or 13 years but that's probably as extreme as I can remember I read that question and was thinking is this a standard Volkswagen because I know you got a bit of a spin in that thing oh that electric Volkswagen the thing the XL1 yeah that yeah, thing the, the, like a concept car that was crazy too actually yeah yeah Google it because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, Google an XL1. I didn't like the guy I went to meet Jim. He had said to me, Oh, I'll show you my new Volkswagen when I get up. And Jim drives like Fiat Pandas and that kind of thing. I thought it was going to be like a Lupo or something. Mm-hmm. And I arrived up and there's this like limited production, essentially concept car, Volkswagen monitor. I was like, oh, This is interesting. I think we're going to have, when Jim's back in the country, we're going to get him on. We'll probably talk about him incriminating himself for that a bit more. <laughs> what about you, Lee? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Atlas. That's not really crazy, though. That's just an atlas. It's crazy for us. Do any of you guys remember the, the two-tone Mark One or 2 Sirocco? Used to go to Edition 38. And one side was like a silver yeah. concourse car, yeah. and the other one was like a rat car. Yeah, yeah. It was literally, literally divided up the centre. Really weird thing. It was all rusty. like The, what do you call it, Lee, at Wuthersea? The leather-trimmed A3? No, that, that's an Audi, though. Because oh, I thought of that, enough, yeah. and I thought of. Do you remember the A3 that used to be in Northern Ireland? Yes, you got Duncan the graphics built. and the, the teeth and the flames of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, no, that's an Audi. That doesn't count. Probably oh, okay. some of those crazy drag beetles. To be fair, they're pretty nuts. They're cool. The ones that do the wheelies and stuff. Yeah, they're definitely a bit different than what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, Caleb McClanahan, he says, "How's Connor's garage build coming along?" And with the increased price of steel, everything timber. Literally socks, everything at the minute. It's on hold because the price is just like 
essentially one from one and a half to two and a half times depending on where you're getting quoted from and the original guy won't even quote us anymore so we're laying low with that at the minute which is highly frustrating but yeah that's more time to save up for it supposed to is pretty good um david underscore jack underscore hill he says time equals saturday 19th slowly scrolling through my instagram stories feeling depressed because i can't be a player's yeah. Yep. We're right there yeah. with you. He actually had tickets for it. And then Did he? Yeah. And then his work called him and they were basically doing some sort of big move and he couldn't go. So that was him shot down essentially. I'd be sick that day. Aye. I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ronan underscore hits 21. Sometimes you have to think a golf R and finance is a lot easier. I'm getting good at Mark 2 Lego. Yeah. Ronan's not having a good time with it again. I think the, the R32 Turbo Mark 2, he's put back together again for the 18th time is coming apart again so I feel so bad for them like gear, gear, gearbox or diff problems at this stage so that's every every other week it's just oh then just back out of the car oh, it's like room. highs and lows yeah it's it really ridiculous. is that's the fun of old cars like isn't it fun you say fun fun, fun. fun is it um, and the last one comes in from Ryan Cudlip he says uh, Princess Lulu Hamilton's boots discuss so I showed you guys these, ridiculous. these ridiculous boots, like, and how would you describe them? Apart, when, from, apart from shade, when you have a Formula One race to win at six, but you have the silage to draw in at eight. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're, they're deadly. Looking. They're the offspring of a pair of wellies, a pair of Crocs, and look like a pair of dealer boots. Nearly, I this the first thing I thought of was this quote from Deadpool. You mean my big rubber masturbating shoes? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they are. <laughs> my God, they're absolutely horrendous. Um, again, we'll we'll share a few pictures of them when this goes out. He just looks like a knob in them, like doesn't he? He does. He, someone needs a word with him. Like <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. When you have too much money, I vote Kimmy Reckoning. Have I imagine Kimmy is the man. Probably put a yeah. cigarette out on him or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know, like, is he wearing socks? In those? Imagine the sweaty feet. Oh, that'd be horrible. Is he racing in them? But even... <laughs> um, <laughs> like, just a minute, because he's wearing shorts with them. So if you're wearing wellies or something, you probably have a pair of welly boot socks or you'd have your trousers down the inside of your wellies. Imagine the wellies, like, rubbing on your bare legs and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's not nice. Blistery times. Not good. Boo. I uh, the more I look, the more they look like different things. They're almost like sort of sort of gothic sex night boots you would wear. I don't I don't know what's going on with that. Like some sole on them, like they're about four inches high. Maybe because they're so short. <laughs> they're weird. What? They're definitely weird. <laughs> but yes, big rubber masturbating shoes all the way. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we've lowered the tone, so I think we'll leave it there with the questions. <laughs> yes, thanks again, folks. That that last one made me laugh quite a bit. <laughs> So thanks as always, everybody, for listening. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we collectively we can be found at Reload Podcast. Uh, I'm at Maxwell House Forty Six. I'm at Connor McCann, and I'm at Vida Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a real one. No, yes, <laughs> it's uh, at Fatman W Two O One. And that changes regularly depending on what car it you does, have. It does, it really does. And thanks again, Stefan, for coming on. It's great having you. No problem. Thanks for I'm joining sure us. I'll be glad to know Nigel will be back next week. <laughs> back to normality again. Mm-hmm. Cheers, folks. Yes, see you later, folks. Bye. Bye. Toodle-doo. <laughs>